So good. Thank you so much. It's good to have Rachel and Todd back. How many people, how many people enjoyed, you know this in-house, how many people enjoyed Sunday morning? We talked about it before. Worship was off the chain. Please do watch it back if you didn't get to see it. It was really, really amazing. Awesome. Okay, so tonight, uh, I, just, I just felt so strongly this anointing, this presence tonight. So we'll see where we go uh, with this message. Um, I wanted to talk about creating with God or create with God the worlds you want to live in. That was the title of the message. I don't normally title it, but it was create with God the worlds you want to live in. How many people think that that sounds like a good thing? Well, great. I'm glad you agree because now we're going to be able to put that to the test. Great. So, so let's put up Genesis chapter one. We'll start right from the beginning. Genesis chapter one from verse one. And let's read this together. I love to read together, as you, know, as you guys know. But it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was Okay, just stop it there. Great. What is profound about that? Well, no, that, that is pretty profound, but I wasn't going there, but I was going, I was going 101, but we can go to the no sun and we'll go pull up some Dan Deval stuff about elementals later too. But what I was going for is this. In the, book, in, the book, in the book of Genesis, it uses the word emea. Use the say emea. Now, I hope I pronounced that correctly, but that is the word for said. Everyone say said. So when it says God said, it says God Emir. Now, what's interesting, everyone say, this is fascinating, <laughs> because it really is. When God said, let there, let's put up verse three, let's read it, let's look at it together, so we can kind of study this out for a second. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So God said it, and guess what happened? It happened. This can be really quite profound for a lot of people today. So then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So then God, Amir, and Amir, light. So God, Amir, and Amir, light, the same Hebrew word. So the word God said and the, the word for the manifestation of what God said is the same Hebrew word. There was no separation there. Isn't that exciting and interesting? Now, let there be is the word specifically for the manifestation of. I just said that a tiny bit. But for the manifestation of. And it's literally, what, it's literally and there was. And there was. So God speaks something, and there was. It literally means, <laughs> and there was. It literally means to be, to become, to come to pass, to exist, and to happen. Is that exciting? Now, when we talk about the manifestation specifically, we said the word said, which is the word that goes out, and it's the word, it's the word amir. But then when we talk about manifestation in the Hebrew, we talk about another kind of interesting term, and it's the word, it's the Hebrew word, and it's the word haya. Now, if you've ever done any kind of ninjutsu, or karate, or judo, who can say haya? That is literally how it's pronounced. It sounds a little bit Japanese. And it is literally 
this whole thing of bringing things into existence. So you've got the Amir of God, which is the Word, which is no separation. It's the, the Word is connected to manifestation. And then you've got the Haya of God, which is that it is right now manifesting in your midst. This is really, really amazing. Can we put up Romans chapter 4, verse 17, please? Is everyone with me? Yes, okay, because God is a creative God. Okay, okay. So let's read this together. As it is written, a father of many nations, have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So what we've got is we've got desert space, wasteland, nothing. Everyone say nothing. How many people have nothing in your world? Some people have a nothing. You will have a nothing. You might not, the whole thing isn't nothing. But you have a nothing. And what's so interesting is that this word speaks into nothingness and brings a creative realm. Not just a creative realm, it actually brings the manifestation of what needs to happen. Romans 4, 17. Who calls those things that are not as though they were. How many people has God ever given you a prophetic word into a part of your world that was nothing and then suddenly it became something. How many people? Good, okay. See, that is, so Bill Johnson said, and I quoted this before, but Bill Johnson says that every prophetic word carries the creative power to see it made manifest in somebody's life. Now you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's so, so good. Let's put up Hebrews 11.3. So we understand then that God, through his word, brings a creative realm that then brings things into existence that are not in existence. I know that this sounds really basic for a lot of you guys, but imagine if we just dig into it just for a second and just think about it. God speaks something and it manifests. Do you know what's so exciting about that? This is part of our DNA. Oh, oh, it's so good. This is actually part of what we are supposed to do. What are you saying, Daryl? Exactly that that we are actually called to speak something and then it made manifest from an invisible realm into a natural realm. We are called to partner with God in this. This is what we're going to talk about today. So, okay. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. So what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This is so crazy. What you see wasn't actually made out of that which is visible. Now you might go, hold on a second. No, it was. But the Bible says that originally nothing that was made was made without Jesus Christ. And he is the word and he is the creator and everything is formed through him and in him and for him. So what does that mean? It means everything you know came out of a realm that wasn't seen. How crazy is that? Nothing is made apart from that because that is the origin of original design. Original design is from the invisible. Everyone say original design is from the invisible. Oh, that's very, very powerful. What's so exciting about that is that we are sons and daughters of God. So we are called to partner with God in bringing in to the visible something from the invisible. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. So, so for, I'm from the UK. I said that I would talk about this later. Um, 
in the UK, we have the best sense of humour on the planet. There is no one across the world that has a better sense of humour than people from the United Kingdom. Who, who disagrees with that? Okay, really. Well, most of, your, most of your comedians grew up on people from the UK. They formulated their craft from people from the UK, music from the UK, influence from the UK. And that is just the truth. No, no, you don't understand. This guy's really funny. How old is he, 24? Where did he, anyway, it doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is this. This is really exciting. That we understand, we understand that, that a lot of stuff originates, same as, same as music. The best music came from the UK. Now, who am I quoting now, Rachel? You have no idea. I'm quoting a man called Todd Weatherly. He says, the best comedians in the world are from the UK and always will be, and the best music originated from the UK. Now, it's nearly as good as the Word of God. It's the Word of Todd. And so, I'm just, I'm just being silly. But, but I wanna, uh, the reason I, wanna catch, uh, I want you guys to catch this is, I, live in, I come from the UK, and in the UK, every bit of humour, good humour, and I'll, I'll eat my words in a minute, um, is based on sarcasm. What is sarcasm? Sarcasm is saying something that is not real or basically saying the opposite of what's going on. Now, who's ever lived in the UK? You go out, you go out in the UK and it's a horrible day. You go out pouring with rain. There is only one way to address anyone when it's pouring with rain outside and it's the worst weather storm like blizzard, minus five. There is only one way that you would ever address someone. Beautiful day, isn't it? That is literally the only way. If you said, wow, awful weather, people go, what do you mean? They, I'm being silly, but, but it is literally, everything is based on, is this true? Everything is based on sarcasm. And so yes, if you've ever watched Blackadder or if you've ever watched any of those, everything is based on being sarcastic. Now, once upon a time many years ago, I got a phone call in the morning and Todd woke up and he said, and I'm being vulnerable, within bounds. Todd woke up and he said, I woke up and God gave me a word for you. And I was like, oh no, I don't want this word, but I'll take it anyway. And he said, he said you need to stop being sarcastic because it's actually doing you out of a realm of faith. Now, I'm being vulnerable with you. I grew up in something where it was normal to say the opposite of what was true. Have you ever said something that's the opposite of not, that wasn't true? Anyone here? <laughs> I was so, I was so, and I was like, you know, you, know, you put down the phone after, after you know it's the Lord rebuking you, and you have a go at the person that did it without, without them hearing. I can't believe he said, he doesn't know what he, ah, could do. and after a few minutes, I knew that, knew, that, knew that it was the Lord, and I just knew that God was saying to me that I couldn't build any substance in my life if I was saying the opposite of what was real. Now, it's really, really interesting. So are you saying now that what you say or what you believe is important in building with God and creating a world that you want to live in? Absolutely. If you build a world, now we know that our words create worlds. If you build a world that is not fitting to the truth of what God is releasing and what God is doing, how many of you know that the true world that God wants you to partner with him in creating is not going to manifest? Why not? 
because there's no substance. Can we put up uh, um, Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, please? Is everyone okay? Now, we know this is just a couple of verses before. Now, faith, let's see, let's say this together. Now, faith is the assurance of what's hoped for, <laughs> the conviction of things not seen. Okay. Other versions say the evidence of not, the things not seen. Could it be that when we partner in a place of neg negativity, that we actually create a realm that we start living in? Maybe it doesn't manifest today or tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life, you get to live in a place that you've created. How crazy is that? Do you think it's true? Why would it be true? Because we are sons of God created in the image of God, carrying the power of the creative word of heaven. So much more now than ever before. And it's really been striking me and it's really been touching me in this, in this last season, sorry, about how I speak and how other words that are coming out of my mouth fitting for the circumstance, fitting for the season, fitting for the person that I'm speaking to. This is really, really important. Actually, one of my friends recently just said that they were watching a funny meme. They were watching this meme and they said, I don't want to even speak against what this meme is. And I watched this meme because my wife sent it to my friend. And it was about roller skates on a stage. And, and I could not, I was like, what a bunch of idiots. Why are they doing that? And, but what was interesting is my friend said, I would never speak into that because that's what they're doing and I don't want my words to basically defile whatever God's doing. And that really convicted me so much so that I'm speaking this word tonight because I was like, how many times have I spoken something out where something seems ridiculous but I, in all of my immense authority and might and wonderfulness as Daryl Crawford Marshall, international superstar, have said something that could be ill-fitting to the particular circumstance and could be ill-fitting to building something in the realm of the spirit that those people actually need to hear. How many of you know there's no distance in the realm of the spirit? It's really interesting. Can we put up Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, please? I'll get into the, more of the bulk of this another time, but I just wanna kind of give you guys an overview of where we're going. It says this, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so it will give grace or benefit to those who hear. That is nuts. You're going, hold on a second. Okay, let's read that together with full conviction of heart now. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But listen to this, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will, what will? The word give grace to those who hear it. Grace is an empowerment and an edification and a building. And I've been talking about building and partnering with the Holy Spirit in a place of building. But isn't it interesting that in the book of Ephesians, Paul decides to talk to the church of, church of Ephesus and say, don't let anything come out of your mouth that isn't designed for building and edification and empowering people into the fullness of what they're called to do. Now, I don't want anyone to feel overly convicted tonight, but what's so interesting is this. I read something like that and I'm like, oh my goodness. How many times? How many, has anyone ever spoken ill of, who's ever said something they regretted? Wow, okay, everybody. <laughs> the one lady said, oh, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm an external processor and a prophetic person. External processes and prophetic people, Megan, are absolutely prone to talking about things that they wish sometimes that they could take back. Isn't that right, Ebony? It's true. And so what happens is that, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being silly, but what happens is that sometimes, should I have even said that? Okay, I'm going. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is this, that what is external, I'm just externally processing. But are you? Are you externally processing prophetically or, and I'm, I'm into the book because this is my whole realm, or are you creating a world that you actually need to repent for afterwards? This is crazy. This is what the Lord's been speaking about because he is fine-tuning. I know that other elders in this church have been talking about this nine months ago, but I've just caught it today, this week. And so this is where I'm, this is where I'm at. And someone's just clapping. They're great. I'm really pleased that you're clapping. And so it's good. Um, but this is really interesting because this is both on a personal level and a corporate level. This is on a personal level and a corporate level. And I really believe that the Lord wants to bring us into a place where first of all, he wants to establish in a place of encouragement that this is part of our calling to partner with him to recreate and create worlds that people are called to live in. Whether it's prophetically shepherding a non-Christian into something, speaking a word of encouragement. Book of Proverbs says a kind word cheers a person up an anxious heart weighs them down. So it means that I've spoken about that before, but it means that if somebody's in a place of anxiety, which is a spirit, that a kind word cheering them up will actually bring a realm of deliverance. So these are, this is how powerful your words and our words are, more powerful than somebody that is in the world. It's so crazy. So, so we've got this, this then on a corporate level and a personal level. But first of all, we need to work it out on a personal level, and then we need to work out what it looks like on a corporate level because what I, one of the things that I believe the Lord's doing is he's asking us to address with sober judgment what's going on in our hearts internally and what's coming out of our hearts in order that we would be able to effectively address that, catch that and bring it into submission to the word of God that says, let no unwholesome talk come of your mouth. Does that mean there won't be temptation for unwholesome talk? Of course, that's why Paul said it. He's saying, when you are tempted to bring unwholesome talk out of your mouth, instead, why don't you? Or instead, lean into the words that will edify and build up and provide grace to the hearer. It's so, so powerful. And this is the word of the Lord for this season and one of the words of the Lord for this season because God is bringing us into a place of unity and building one another up from Ephesians 4. And in that, he is actually enabling us to empower one another to fulfill the destiny that each of us has. Very, very exciting. So your words will empower people, but your, word, <laughs> okay. your words could also ensnare you. Your words can also ensnare you. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go too deeply into this now, but let's put up Matthew 15 just for a, a few minutes. I'll go into it, I'll touch in it, and then I'll jump back out, and I'll finish with something encouraging so you guys go, wow, that was awesome. Okay. Let's read this together again. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, hear and understand, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that this defiles the man. Then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? But he answered, every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. 
Let them alone. Let them alone. They are blinded, blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides the blind, both will fall into a pit. Now, who knows what the scripture is just before that? Sorry, I should have. I think I put one early. It's this. It talk, just put the one up. Just, just one before. Let's go from nine or 13. No, nine. And it talks about this. It talks about what comes out of the man, out of the abundance. Yeah, perfect, perfect. This is, to, this is actually quoted from the book of, booking, book of Isaiah. But it says, in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines and precepts of men. And it's, he says, it's true what Isaiah said of the people of the generation of this day. And then let's go from verse 10. And then it says, after the, he said, hear and understand. Oh, sorry, I think it's the verse before. But it says this, it doesn't matter. It says this, it says, out of the abundance of the heart. Oh, there we go. Yeah, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the bottom line is this. Sorry, I've been reading the full chapters. But the bottom line is this, that out of the abundance of the heart, what Jesus is saying there is he's saying what comes out of the heart, that is the thing that defiles a man. So actually, out of the abundance of the heart, you can frame up the world you live in and the world that other people live in too. How amazing is that? It's not encouraging, but it's amazing. It is, but it's not. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it, it says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it spring the wellsprings or the springs of life. And we talk, and, and specifically when we go back to the book of Matthew there in chapter 15, he's actually talking about the offense of the Pharisees and then talking about out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So if a heart carries offense, then we know that when it comes out of a man, it defiles a man and defiles people. That's how leaven is carried. I'm not going to go into that overly now, but isn't that interesting? How many of you know if you carry leaven in your heart and you speak or you carry things that are defiled in your heart or you haven't put check in your heart and that stuff comes out, how many of you know that you are not creating a world that will prosper people when you speak? Why? Because the word, in other versions of Ephesians 4.29, the word is corrupt. So it's not unwholesome. And it says this, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. Corrupt, crooked word. Word that is not on a straight path. Let no corrupt, crooked, defiled, dirty, stinking word come out of your, come out of your mouth, but instead what edifies your brothers and sisters. And so what's so interesting is God saying, keep a check on your heart in this season, but be aware of what's coming out. Because the most important thing in this season for all of us and for people watching is that we have this internal place right so God can partner with us in putting His word in our mouth and bringing a place of creation, uh, creating and bringing a place of prospering and ushering people into the fullness of the things he's called them to. So let's put up uh, uh, Jeremiah ch uh, chapter 1 verse 9. I've just got so much scriptures tonight. I'm not going to go through it all, but it says this. Now, Jeremiah, he's a, he's a little boy and he's not, but he is, but he's not. Depends who you read. But it says, then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. That's a really, really big deal. Do you think that there was a lot of blasphemy that came out of Jeremiah's mouth after that experience? 
I'm asking, do you think so? I don't think so. When I got saved, and I told, I told you a story about Isaiah 6, and I got uh, touched by an, an angel in my mouth and all that, I literally have said, I reckon, five, maybe between five and 10 swear words in the last 20 years. No joke, I'm talking about the big ones. Little ones, maybe a few more. Just can't do it. It literally was taken away from me. And I said, what? And I couldn't swear, and sometimes I really wanted to, Carl, but, but the bottom line is I couldn't do it. And what happened, and I felt the Lord say, I can't have two rivers coming out of your mouth. There can't be a defiled river as a prophetic, or as a prophet, or as a man of God come out of your mouth. So people like swearing, effing and blinding and doing whatever they do. I hope I'm allowed to say that, but you know, they're saying all this stuff, but yet they're the prophet of the Lord. And I'm like, are you joking? How long do you think that's gonna last for? That the language, the defilement is actually carries a spirit. And God doesn't partner with that, but God wants to put his words in our mouth. We might be saying now, no, 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 that was just for Jeremiah. But was it just for Jeremiah? I don't think it was. Let's put up Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16. And it says this, I have put, let's read this again. I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand to establish the heavens, to found the earth, and to say to Zion, you are my people. You see, establishing the heavens is creating realms and worlds. Whose words are going to create the realms and the worlds? Your words? Or your words partnered with, partnered with God's word? I have put my words in your mouth to establish the heavens. You see, sometimes we're going, oh God, I just need the next thing. It's going to be awesome. And God's going, hold on a second. Can we just start to get what's going on in here right and what's coming out of here right? And then you can build with me. You can start to speak. You know, you're in worship. Praise the Lord. Oh, you're holy and I'm pretty holy too. It's been an amazing day. I've helped three people with their groceries and I gave someone $50. You know, and you've got this building up of whatever. And then you get, you know, and then you're with your mate and you're like, oh, I can't believe. Oh, that pastor said that to you. How dare he? I can't believe. And what is that? It's a spirit. It's actually, is that fitting? I don't think so. It could be, uh, whatever. Maybe you think it is. But what's interesting is this. That if we're not checking or keeping in check what's coming out of here, we are actually, sometimes we go one step forward and then we go three steps back because we're actually building something and then there is a realm that comes against us that we can't dismantle because there is a legal right and accusation against the words that we're speaking. Let's put up uh, Isaiah 54 verse 17. Oh, this is my, one of my favorites. Oh, good. And we like this one. I was listening to this today, Desert Song by Brooke Fraser. Awesome song. No weapon that is forged against me will prosper, or you, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. And why can you do that? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me. <laughs> In this context, could it be that part of that vindication of the Lord is conditional? Are you allowed to say that? Can I say that? Why? Let's put the first part of the scripture back up. Okay. No weapon forged against me will prosper, and every tongue that accuses me or accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. 
Who will condemn? The word condemn there is the word refute. And the word refute is the word rasha. The word rasha. And the word rasha means to prove false and to dismantle. This is really interesting. Let's put it up really quickly. I want to marry this really into, into this next part. Just for one second. Put up Matthew 17, verse 20. Imagine you've got loads of sarcasm in your heart. You're doing what you're doing. And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move because nothing will be impossible for you. What was faith? The substance of what's hoped for. You see, some of us are in a place, and what did Todd say to me? He said, you can't minister in a place of faith with sarcasm. Why? Because you are saying the opposite of what you believe, or you are saying, or the truth is the opposite of what you're saying. So what's interesting is this, that the condition for faith is that your heart and your mouth align. That your heart and mouth align. You will prove false every tongue that accuses you. Shakarababa, I rebuke you, Satan, right now in the name of Jesus. And he's like, you can do that with your mouth, but your heart doesn't agree. And that is my legal right to manifest and forge the weapon that has prospered. No weapon forged. See, this is really interesting. That God is saying, well, you're saying, what do you mean a weapon has prospered? It does. The enemy's weapons sometimes do manifest. God is good and he's always good. Yeah, he is, but stuff happens. But let me tell you this right now. This is what I, I think God brings us up into. You will refute every tongue that accuses you is the word to prove false. And the word is literally to dismantle. You will dismantle every word of accusation against you. That is literally what it is. Well, how can you dismantle it if your heart and your mouth aren't agreed? Because the enemy will continually come in and disempower your words. So when you speak, nothing happens. Don't come into a place of warfare where your heart and your mouth are not in agreement and then complain that the warfare is so hard and it's because the leaders aren't praying for you hard enough. It's not how it works. This is a self-governance reality. And God is saying, are you ready to move into another stage of who you are as being an amazing creative being in me, creating worlds that you and other people will step into? But it looks like, first of all, above all things, guard your heart because from it spring the wellsprings of life. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to do a sober assessment of what's coming out, a sober assessment of what's in here, in order that what comes out is creating worlds that prosper and support and build and benefit others and yourself. See, our words create worlds. How many of you believe that? Everyone stand to your feet. That's part one. I want to go deeper, but I just I feel to just do a bit of a mic drop and then everyone just goes home and feels like, God, what have I done? No, it's not about that. But is everyone okay? This is what God is on right now. He's so on this. If you, I had an experience, can you put pads on? I'm going to land on this. I had an experience many years ago, as I said to you, where an angel touched my mouth with a hot coal. And I said, what are you doing? And the Lord said to me, this is a burning 
of your mouth to be able to carry my word. This is before I moved into loads of stuff and, you know, gave the word of the Lord to so many amazing people and still do. And you guys are amazing. And, you know, just prophesying in general. And But God chose to do it that way first. And you see that happen in Isaiah 6. There's someone called um, Emma Stark who's based in Scotland. And she had exactly the same thing happen to her before she moved in prophetic ministry. She had an experience where an angel came to her and seared her mouth with a coal. And she, it was so severe for her, she actually had burn marks in her mouth. You can, you can look at it online. So, so, and I met Emma when I was uh, many years ago. But what's interesting is this, that God, see what comes out of our mouth is really important to the Lord. Really, really important, so much so that he would send an angel to burn someone's mouth, as it were, in a place of, in a place of bringing into a place of holiness in order that someone can carry his word to do his will, to establish his kingdom and do what he needs to happen through their world. Does that make sense? How many people are interested in God using you as a mouthpiece? Okay. Okay, some of you guys aren't. There was only only about 30%, 40% of you, which is fine. Okay. For those of you that want to, just you can pray a prayer with me, but it's gonna look like a new beginning in the area of what comes out of your mouth. Now, this isn't just on this, but it's actually based on this whole thing of the internal world. And so just pray this if you want to, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would address anything in my heart of an undefiled nature, anything not encouraging, even in humor or gossip, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do something in my internal world tonight that stops the separation and reestablishes one plumb line, one river flow from your mouth into mine in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. Grab your communion. message we're really going to delve into Ecclesiastes but I just want to read one portion of scripture from the next word which is Ecclesiastes 5-7 in the NLT please and it talks about making a vow before the Lord and then taking it back but I just want to look at this one because I think it's really really cool did you, you, you got it I did send it to you, thank you Ecclesiastes sorry this isn't meant to be you know, too somber. But this is so, so cool. Look, look at this. Talk is cheap like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. And I love that. And I, I have this whole thing on Ecclesiastes 5. But how amazing is that? That talk is cheap. There's, sometimes there's no substance in what we say. Like the way that we dream outside of God and other useless activities. 
And I feel like what God is doing tonight is He wants to bring us into a place where things start to culminate and we go, actually, you know what? This is fantasy. This is too much daydreaming. The stuff that I'm saying over here is, 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 is kind of useless. And some of this other stuff isn't really relevant. But instead, I'm going to choose the fear of the Lord. And I know that we've been talking about that and we'll continue to talk about that a bit. Ecclesiastes 5 5 says, I'm landing now. Ecclesiastes 5 5 says this. It says, It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. It's better to say nothing, oh, there we go, than to make a promise and not keep it. You can take that off. There is something that God wants to do and He wants to. He wants to invade our internal world. Not to, not to condemn us and say, you shouldn't have said that, you shouldn't have said this, but to bring us up into a new level of clarity and purity that He can wipe the slate clean and start to speak His Word through our lives from a pure place and a pure platform. This is something that we're very passionate about. It's having a pure, undefiled platform. So let's just pray this on communion. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, if at any point I've made a vow or a promise that I unfulfilled, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to wipe the slate clean from tonight. I say that from tonight, my yes will be yes and my no will be no. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, in agreement. Awesome. Just take your communion. body and the blood. How many of you know we're in an exciting season? Really exciting. Okay, right. I, I really, we really are going to finish a little bit early. But, but why are we in an exciting season? Because God is talking to us about this. Why? Because we are about to partner with Him to recreate worlds. How many people are excited about recreating South Australia? How many people are exciting about, uh, excited, sorry, about recreating Australia? What about the nations? What about if we spoke or you spoke something over the nations and you saw it in the papers the next week? That you spoke something in the realm of the Spirit, like the book of Job, decree a thing and it will be established. Well, why is it not established? I believe that this is one of the keys. Imagine if we started to speak from South Australia, the mouth of the South started to speak and establish things all over the world. Oh, wow, did you see what's happening in Saudi Arabia? Oh, yeah. No pride, no ego. We kind of did that the other day, didn't we, Rachel? Didn't we? Wasn't there like a, Marissa, wasn't there like a realm around that? Wasn't there something? Imagine. Where are you? What are you doing? Same thing. So I was thinking more about the round table stuff. But imagine you start speaking stuff and it starts to manifest. No more praying for the sake of praying. It says where words are many, what does it say? Where words are many, sin is 
present or abounds. Crazy. But imagine if the words we speak carry so much power. They carry the same creative power of God as God. Just like in Jeremiah or Isaiah or multiple, multiple other places where God says, I put my words in your mouth. You see, God's words, have they ever come back void? When God said, let there be light, did light go, hold on a second. Have you dealt with some heart stuff? Did, the, did light say that to God? So then why should we be any different? Why should anything be able to contradict what we speak? I believe it's all dependent on where it comes from. And God is saying, are you ready to rise up as mature? We are sons of God, carrying my word to bring the transformation of nations and the establishing of the heavens, because that is what we are called to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said one last time, amen. Awesome, bless you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank, oh, one clap is fine, but no, they're fine. No, no. I'm excited for everyone here. We're gonna leave it there tonight. Have a great evening, have a safe drive home. We look forward to seeing you guys Sunday as usual, either service or next Tuesday night. Bless you, have a wonderful time. And please do listen to the uh, message from Sunday morning, it was awesome. Cheers.